Reclaiming Identity, sharing stories of struggle, pride, and redemption in reconnecting with our heritage. Hi, I'm Drora. And I'm Dahlia. And we're bringing you Reclaiming Identity as part of the ASF Institute of Jewish Experience. Do you feel a part of the Jewish story? Is your family what pops up when people think of Jews? At Reclaiming Identity, we celebrate and explore the greater Jewish experience. We encourage you to tell your story and take pride in your heritage as it is a part of your identity. Listen to other people's stories, ask questions, be curious, and reclaim your identity. By day, Eviatah Saeed is a data analyst for a medical company. But in the evening, he shares his pride in his Yemenite Jewish heritage through dance and music. He's a dancer, musician, choreographer, and event organizer. His brother, David Said, is a student of classical music. Together, they formed a musical group that plays in pubs and small venues, sharing the beauty of their heritage. I'm Abirta. I'm David. And we are brothers, mm-hmm. not twins. Not twins, like m- most people think. Yeah. We're from uh, Farsaba. Um, our father was born in Farsaba, and our mother from Shabbat So we're both Yemenis. We both were born in Israel. Our parents were born in Israel too, but our grandparents, both of our grandparents, uh, came from Yemen, from two different regions from Yemen. So they're kind of different. Which ones? As Yemenis. So uh, my father, his family is from Khawlan, which is a, it's a district next to Sama'a which is the capital. Um, and our mother is from Habana, which is like the, it's the southeast of Yemen. It's like the desert. It's, it's really uh, a distinct a, a group within the, uh, the Yemeni Jews. They're very like far away from each other and like in this, in this uh, Yemenite culture. Yeah, did your grandparents ever tell you about yeah. life in Yemen? Okay, my brother is, is younger than me, so he, he I think let's remember the stories from yeah. my father's... Uh... I remember like when... Chapter. Chaptarifka. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. So I, I grew up I grew up with my grandparents, like from my father's side here in Fasaba. And I remember a lot of stories, because I used to ask also. I used to raise, go to the Mori and you know, I kind of... Uh, brought up to be like a good Yemeni boy who reads the Torah and the Targum and everything. I do remember the, the stories from Yemen because I used to ask a lot about our heritage and how do they live, like what's the name of the village, what's the name... Who is your parents? Like, I asked my parents, who are your parents? What did they do? Like, I, I used to be curious about it. And there's my, our mom's side. And we have our, our Safta, which is very, like, um, a special woman that, that was very important for her. Like, to tell the stories. How did they, how did they came to Israel and what was on the way? And so, yeah. So, we heard about, a lot about our... Is there one story that really spoke to you? The moment that they did Aliyah, they had to pass through some road. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surely know what's happened there, 
But from what I remember, they're trying to walk through a boat and there was like a man who owned that land and he wanted to charge him like I think some fee or something and somehow they believe that miracle let them pass through that load of him something happened to him oh, this person tried to, to take Lock her money them. yeah maybe money or yeah, I remember uh, I remember I think Safta told us the one that the, when they passed through the desert the, there was a guy that uh, asked for, uh, for money and uh, they didn't have anything to, to, to give them other than jewelry uh, or yeah, they gave him like part of the things and, and he wanted to take the Torah books as well because he saw boxes of the Torah and then he said like, in Arabic, that's Kitab Allah, I'm not going to take that. That's like, that's, I remember that story then too. Yes. And, then, and then on the way, and when they got to the port of Adan, the, the Zionists took the, the book of Torah and then... And, and probably the, sold it or something. Yeah, and then it didn't come back. So there, was, there were eight. Uh, Torah books from uh, Habani community, and uh, now there's only three uh, who came from you. So yeah, that's that's one story we also remember. My husband's family they mm -hmm. found some of his books in the Library of Congress in America. Wow! Because they sent it there. They gave presents to people in America. Yeah, they did that. They did that. Yeah, yeah. I remember when my when my family went to visit one of the uh, communities. I think in Virginia or something. I'm not remember. But it's a reform community, and they, they saw this like Yemeni trend, like uh, scripts, and like, how did I get here? I'm gonna talk about how I grew up. My mom sent me to the movie. That's a sort of a teacher that teaches you how to read the Torah every Saturday, every Shabbat. And I remember that I was like, I didn't wanna go there. <laughs> I was kinda. <laughs> Bad boy, like I didn't want to go there, but when I went there, I I loved the the, music, the musical part of it mm -hmm. to express the Sivsulim. How do you say it? It's like the the variations in it. Yeah. yeah. So the the musical part of our living Torah was like the most. I have a place to to express my feelings and my musical work, like how I see the words. How, how different was that from our surroundings? Yeah, it was very oh, contrast, okay. like how the rest of the people read it. And it was like very unique. Or in school, outside the school. Yeah, life. in school it was all different. They they were reading it. Yeah, the first thing you notice, especially in Stemane, because our accent is different. It's not like we're because you have Sephardi kids and you had Ashkenazi kids at school, and then you notice that. And most of them start to start back. Yeah. Your school was mostly Ashkenazi. Or? No, no, it was mostly actually Mizrahi, but there, there was some Sephardi and some Ashkenazi kids, but. As Timon, growing up as Timani, you kind of realize that you, you're a lot more different than, than the rest because yeah. you didn't grow up with, uh, with Hasidim, right? So the accent was like modern Hebrew accent. So it wasn't like, so we were like very different, like the, the prayers and the customs. So we were, we were very distinguished also. 
the way we look or the way we pray or our minhagim, it, it's, it's really different. And, but we grew up also in an agitated community, it's like mostly Yemeni in our neighborhood. So in that way, we grew up until like we got to um, junior high or high school, we kind of grew up in the same uh, community. But um, once we became teenagers, we got we kind of got out, out of our shell, you know, and, and we got exposed a little bit more. Not only to different types of, of, of uh, minagim and, and Jewish customs, but like the, to the Israeli people, to the rest of the Israeli people, which is a, a lot more different. You know, I went to like the high school. Are Yemenim not Israeli? Of, of, no, it's like me going to high school in Kfasaba, okay, like a non-religious high school. It was, it was like a cultural shock for me. And what way? Ah, oh, you're so different. You're so different. <laughs> you realize that you, you grew up in a different country. You got an accent. I got an accent. And I remember when I had to use, like, when the, the teacher picks up a volunteer to say, like, hey, come on, uh, we want a volunteer to read that uh, text from the Bible. I realized that I start reading with my accent, like, really strong accent. Like, you know, with and I'm. And all the kids are like, what's the matter with him? Why did he speak like that? He's and then they repeat, He's and, then, and then they repeat you, and then you're like, ha ha ha, like you know, yeah. and and kind of mimic you, and your and your surname is Saeed. Like there's no more Arabic than the last name, like Saeed. It's like it's it's like one right. of the most common Arabic uh, names in the world, right? So that too. So you realize that you're different, and you're not in the standard. And for a kid, it's a different, it's a different way of, of, of experiencing the world when you compare yourself to other people, right? Like even like you're in a bad part of the of the geographical, like social geographically. Yeah. If like like you're on a bad side, you're Saeed, yeah. you're Arabic. Yeah. And did the teachers teachers treat you differently then? I don't, I don't know. I never felt that. Lovely. Yeah. We never felt the system like, uh, especially the kids. Like they see you different way, but the system like the, we never had the feeling of you know, suppressed in some way, you know, or being treated differently. That's that's happy to say. Next question, Jen. Did did you feel connected to the majority Jewish narrative? Can you elaborate on that? Wow, that's like a complex. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, particularly now we're talking about your high school experience then. Right. right? Because, here, I'll give you an example. You said, one of you said Israelis. Yeah. What is, why are they Israeli and you're not Israeli? Yeah, that's like a, I remember we had a discussion about that in class one time. That, uh, there was like, a, yeah, about the guy that, the teacher was like asking tricky questions. What, what music do you like? And one of the kids said, I like music comes and, and, and the other and the, the teacher was like he was very smart he was, he was like but okay so which which kind of music like and he was like okay this is Israeli music then if you like Zorgo uh, you like Sarit uh, Kadad or whatever you, it doesn't matter so he's like no 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 but music Israeli it's it's not it's not it's not it's not music Israeli music Israeli it's Romance it's Ali Einstein it's not it's not Israeli music and I remember that. Conflict in my mind was there all the time since I was like a kid. That when you realize that two different Israel in that sense, 
And the Jewish narrative is like divided, like culturally and politically, and 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 we grew up listening to the to the stories about the kidnapping of the of the kids from the Yemen and the Mizrahi of Balkan. So it's complex, but we never saw ourselves not part of the Israeli society, but we we all the time knew that the Israeli society is complex and divided and there's a lot of hate sometimes between the group and I think one point that not not every kid realizes that well it's and good if they don't realize the hate yeah but it's, it's like it's like when you when, when you're at the top of the when you're the, at the top part of the hierarchy of the, of the pyramid sometimes you don't get to see what's going on down right so I think that's the difference. What do you mean by the top part? I have an example. Okay, I, 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 like once I went to, I was, I, I study at high school yeshiva musical. And after I go back, uh, see other people in Falsaba, they were like telling me, I will introduce myself. Hey, I'm David, I'm David, and I'm bass player. And oh, you're a bass player. <laughs> Like it's surprisingly, you are yeah. a bass player. You yeah. don't look like a bass player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not part of like, I don't know. Yeah, part it's of like, there's like this stand up comedian who said once, like American stand up comedian who said, like, I'm not racist, I'm just mildly racist. You know, if I see a, a black doctor, I'll be like, oh, that's great, that's wonderful, you made it. So sometimes you get those things, like, but when you realize that the, the person who was next to you is not racist, is just less aware than you. That's what, that yeah. was my point. Because he didn't experience the world the way you experienced it. So it, it's, it's, not, it's not about hate, it's not about, it's not about the good guys or the bad guys, it's not about uh, the Israeli society uh, it, hate us or, 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 or hate each other. I, I don't think about that. It's not, it's not the case. It's not what was what was here back in the 50s. I used to, like, uh, I was denying, I was in denial all my life that I'm a Yemenite. And I was like trying to be something else all the time. I was a teenager at least. Uh, for example, my curly hair, I was always like straight out and trying not to be as my natural environment close and stylish and then I got to that point that I'm like denying it but so, sort of awakening I don't know from what it was developed by the time and probably you because you were more connected to Saba mm -hmm. and I saw you more connected and that gave, gave me an uh, example of where I came from where are my roots, my, where, where my uh, heritage and my identity. By then I was trying to connect to that, like playing some music. I would remember as a kid, I was saw uh, kid at my high school musical school. Yeah. He had like a Yal Golan CD. And I was like, this is not a music. <laughs> I would what is your, your twerk myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yalgon is a Yemenite, it's not music. Yeah. Like we're in a high school musical. We need to start here Beethoven, jazz, blues, whatever, like mm -hmm. it's like 
All the what considered to be good movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what made it change? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe that little sort of a, a mm-hmm. bar in Jaffa that they had criticism and racism. Everybody's accepting each other. No matter who you are, where you came from, just don't hurt anybody. That Anadoluba changed my life. I, I had to be born there. That's how I feel. Like mentally, I had to be born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pelly, you didn't answer. Yeah, I didn't answer. Oh, you were always connected. Yeah, I felt always connected to my roots, but the, um, I think it's, a, it's just a matter of how you live your heritage and culture. It's like the, that choice, it's always like conflicting. How, how, um, how am I taking, how, how am I being Yemeni? If I'm not religious, for instance, yeah, how do I feel Yemeni? Because I remember once my, one of my cousins... Why is it important to feel Yemeni? Because you just feel that way. Because you just feel that way. It's, is it important? I don't know. It's part of you. It's just part of who I am, and I need to accept you that. You can't run away from that. It's, we love, like, it sounds like. I think, I think. Yamanai. Yeah. I think it's like. We hear like Yamanai. We dance like Yamanai. And we love our culture, basically. Yeah. We love it. it. it like, we love other cultures too, but I think that that's the, that's the thing about cultures. They can prosper together, not, not to go against each other. So I think that's like, that's what uh, motivates me to keep doing what I do. Now explain what you do. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> basically on the day I'm doing a data, I'm a data analyst for the healthcare system. On the nights, <laughs> I'm a dancer and I work with the musicians and I, and I also play with the, with the guys here on the drum. Yeah, I play DJ. Do you have any music? DJ. Sometimes I DJ, sometimes I teach, um, uh, people how to pronounce yeah. the Arabic or the Hebrew or and I and I do a lot of things like in the in the era of the Yemeni culture from all different angles. Do you speak Arabic? I understand Arabic. I can I have like a good Arabic, not not the best Arabic, but it's good. Did your grandparents speak Arabic? Yeah. yeah. To you though? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, a lot. A lot actually, and I, and I was also being um, really active on that. I was like one. I wanted them to speak to me in Arabic, so I asked all the time, "What is that? What is that word? What is that?" So then, at, at some point, they felt more confident, like more uh, comfortable to speak to me in Arabic because they know like I'm into it, and I and that helped me a lot. So when I got to the army, I realized how my Arabic is good, and when I moved to Jaffa. All the time, people approached me in Arabic, and I realized I'm, I'm really good in, in, you know, being, you know, you know, being undercover, like, and I and I can like really fit in, and it made, it made me think about where we live and what did that, what what the Israeli narrative made us think about Arabic culture and what is where is the border is going through um, of what is Arabic or not, or like. It's a wide definition, Arabic. It's not just uh, it's not just uh, political. It's also cultural. And, uh, and yeah, a lot of the Jewish communities were in the Arabic world, so it, it, it's kind of a conflict that you need to solve as a young kid and in your mind, and conflict that you need to solve in your mind. That so so where am I? 
Am I on the, on the enemy side or am I, or am I on, the, on, the, on the Israeli side? I felt like that's why I felt, I think, that should be my, that my roots are wrong. All your life, society tells you that being sort of Arabic or like whatever comes with that word Arabic. Mm -hmm. It's negative. You kind of yeah. elegantly try to elegantly avoid yeah. that that thing that call Arabism, <laughs> and you kind of, as as a young kid, you try to avoid that. Okay, but when you reclaim that, you you, you realize it's it's just who you are, and, and and that's fine. It's not even cold. Now nowadays, people make try to make it that cold thing, you know. <laughs> but it, it's not even that. It's just <laughs> Once friend told me that, <laughs> man, you're, East, you're a Middle Eastern, right? Yeah. This is the cool thing right now. Yeah, like, come on. If there's something you could say to the younger self, what would it be? I'll probably record more our, our, our grandparents' video cameras and record them. <laughs> that's, that's from everything I recorded until now. It, for me, it's gold. I, t I, I translated the Arabic stories of my grandmother and I transcribed them and wrote them in Arabic. And, and, and for me, for me now, it's, it's like it's a treasure. So I would do that more if I was young. That's, that's for sure. We, we wanted to talk about the less convenient part of, uh, of being growing up as Yemeni. Yeah, yeah. of course. So uh, uh, that, that that being said, like growing up with the Arabic last name, with an accent, with with look, with a look that you, and, and it's out there. It's, it's like your skin. It's like when you, you when you apply for a job. When the cops see you at the street at two a.m. Yeah. yeah. Why? Yeah, what are you doing here? Yeah, it's, definitely. Uh, like, so you're thinking about all the time how to to overcome those challenges in a creative way. So when you apply for a job, you change your last name. Yeah. When you're uh, talking on the phone, you'll be like, "Hey, shalom," talking like an Ashkenazi person, <laughs> yeah. because you wanna you wanna be perceived as as someone that is educated or or someone that's from good quality or whatever whatever you wanna call it. But, and, and if you're getting approached by a cop, you'll be like, Shalom, Ashkocha, with like an Israeli accent. Like, you make sure you're not going to be the house. You know, you make sure you're not going to be the, the potential Arabic or terrorist when you go to an airport. You, 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 you initiate um, your accent and, and, and... Behavior. Yeah, you'll be like... like gestures. Yeah, you, yeah, you definitely... You, when I go to the airport, I'll, I'll definitely initiate conversation with the person who comes to question me because if I'll be like silent on silent mode it will be a lot more suspicious right <laughs> so that, 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 that that's one of the things you need to overcome and but you learn to live with that and the club scene also as a teenager like not teenager, like as a growing up man you see a lot of difference at the interests how does it call the one in the entrance? Selection. The selection? Yeah. The no. bouncer. The bouncer. Ah. The bouncer. Yeah. The bouncer like treats you differently and you can feel that by the way he looks, by everything. Mm. Not, you don't have to be stupid like, mm -hmm. in order to understand that 
you're not going in because you're brown, you don't fit the image. I was waiting a lot outside, a lot <laughs> outside because I'm not in the right color. Yeah, the right image. Yeah, it's like it's like being a woman or being fat or being or being yeah. You, you kind of know your what are your weaknesses when you go out there to the world. Someone, a lot of time, many like um, uh, women told me like, well, I don't get it. Like, it, it used to be on the fifties. It's not here anymore. But I told you, you're a woman, right? Like, you know what it feels to be a woman. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't need. Sometimes it feels hard to convince me as a man what is the experience the world is really through an eyes of a woman. Like, right? It's really hard. I, I take them to their world and see sometimes it's really hard to explain when you walk the street and someone looking at you in a, in a certain way and you don't feel comfortable with that. Sometimes it's really hard to put the finger on them and see what's the problem and you just need to develop awareness to that situation. This is our responsibility as a younger generation to be like, okay, let's, let's be a, a bit more self-aware. So that, that, that I think that's the, the next question, right? Is there something you would be like? Uh, the future generation to know about heritage, what would it be? I think, I think the, the revolution is not coming from all the time from the negative um, discourse. When I say negative discourse, it's like fight against the racism and, and that's, that's cool too. And I think what we're doing here, like um, celebrating our culture, I think that's the real revolution. Just being out there and, 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 and being like, okay, we celebrate that regardless. It's, it's, not, it's not about we're not trying to fight anyone, like, but just by doing that, that's 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 a lot. Treat it as a golden coin will be a museum. There is things that they're never going to be again. It's the last time that it's gonna be. Like, like the last generation. The last generation that we have it. That's it's gonna be disappear. Yeah, that's part of it. I think. I think that's part of it. When I, I remember me as a kid, like uh, sitting with my grandmother and realizing that these things are not going to last. Yeah, it's not going to stay here for long. And I remember also our parents' generation used to tell us, like, see, the, your grandparents, they're they're not they're not going to be here anymore, and this is like the last chance to preserve it. And I and I feel the same responsibility in that sometimes in that sense. That's a great ending. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Reclaiming Identity is produced and edited by Moshe Singer and executive produced by Dalia Arusi and Drora Arusi. Our theme music is by Vanessa Paloma. Be sure to check her out on Spotify. Be a part of the reclamation. Subscribe to the Reclaiming Identity podcast on our website, instituteofjewishexperience.org, on our Facebook page, Spotify, or Apple Music. Follow our programs on our website and the Institute of Jewish Experience channel on YouTube. And please help support these and other ASF Institute of Jewish Experience efforts by donating today.